0: This is Season 7, Episode 2 of Beyond the Illusion, The Rainbow Bridge Technique with Chloe Follen. In this episode, we have another great guest who has graciously taken the time out of her busy schedule to talk with us. Her name is Chloe Folan. Chloe is a lifelong clairvoyant and has a vast amount of knowledge in various spiritual topics. She's also a practitioner and teacher of the Rainbow Bridge technique. This conversation is an excellent introduction to the technique, and after talking to Chloe, I'm looking forward to integrating the Rainbow Bridge technique into my own life and spiritual practice. Let's go to the conversation with Chloe Folan, Tiana Roser, and Tim Howe.
1: I guess that the way to start off would be just to kind of tell how I know Chloe. I feel really grateful that we have this podcast where I get to talk more in detail with many of the teachers and healers that I've come across along the way in my spiritual journey. Chloe is my rainbow bridge technique teacher. And that's how I met her. The story with the rainbow bridge technique. I mean, when I first started on my journey, and then I kind of learned about Ascension, and then I was reading if people know who Joshua David Stone is, and you know how everything kind of leads you down (laughs) this path that led me towards the teachings of Alice Bailey. And I found this website. And this was, I mean, This is probably older than some of our listeners are. (laughs) Like Back in the late 90s, there was this website that's still there, which is soul1.org. We'll put a link. It had all this information about this rainbow bridge technique. I read that and I tried to apply it, but I didn't really quite know what I was doing. And I wasn't very consistent. And that is one of my weaker points. Like discipline was a dirty word for me for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so I was like off and on doing this technique. And unlike Chloe, I'm not clairvoyant. I'm sure if I could see at that time how it was affecting my energy system, then that probably would have given me more motivation to push forward. And certainly over the years, I've become more sensitive. I'm more clairsentient where I, f- I can feel it now. I really feel how this really affects my energy. Anyway, off and on over many years, I'm always kind of drifting back or being guided back to a lot of Alice Bailey's material and, and these different practices. And then in 2022, just spirit kept guiding me back to this practices. And I went to back to that website, which was still there and still pretty much looks the same way it did back in the late nineties, this website. I kind of wanted to know where I was at along this path. It Mentioned one authorized, I don't know of a better word, certified (laughs) reader who can really read your energy system and your aura and know where you are on this path. That was Chloe. And I went to her website. And she's very in demand. I booked a reading with her, but she's very in demand. So it was going to be like months later. It was like in the spring, but I couldn't have a session with her until August. Very excited about this. But then in the meantime, it ended up that it was going to happen while I was traveling in Sicily. And so very excited about this. But then when I was in Sicily, I just was in travel brain. I totally forgot <laughs> about this session. I was so excited for months. And then here I was that day, I met some travel friend who invited me to go to the beach and we went to the beach and then we were on the bus riding back when it suddenly hit me. Oh my gosh, I have this reading that I totally was looking forward to, and I'm going to miss it now. I was just kicking myself like, oh, I've been waiting all this time and now I won't get this reading. But then when I got back to my Airbnb, Chloe was so kind. She did the reading without ever connecting with me in real time over video or anything. She just tuned into my energy, gave me this really, really spot on reading. It was exactly what I was sensing and feeling. And here, this person who'd never met me, it was just such a validation. And I felt like, oh, okay, I really trust her, and I want to take these classes and really start to do this technique. That's how I started to do her class. So that's where I want to start. (laughs) So, Chloe, I'm sure most of our listeners probably, one, don't know what the Rainbow Bridge is, and two, or what the Rainbow Bridge technique is. Maybe we could start there.
2: Perfect. And I'll interweave the website that you referenced. I'm delighted, actually, you brought up that website. So I'll mention that first because that way people can access and have a look at the techniques for free, which is very, very handy for people to be able to see what the steps are, a little more in-depth information about it. So that's soul1.org website.
0: I just want to clarify that she said soul1.org, S-O-U-L, the number one dot org.
2: That is actually Dr. Ronald Tiggle's website. And he was a direct student of the late Norman Stevens while Norman Stevens was still alive. So that's who that website is. It says it's sponsored by Truth Seekers. That's a group that Ron works with, but that's his website and that's how he has permission, copyright permission, to have that website with all of the material up because he was a direct student of Norman Stevens while Norman Stevens was alive, and it's through ROM that I'm connected to the Rainbow Bridge techniques. So just to work through that a bit more, Norman Stevens and Josephine Stevens, and they both have deceased quite a while ago, they were the late founders of the Rainbow Bridge techniques. So Josephine and Norman Stevens were deeply, deeply linked in the early days to Alice A Bailey and the Arcane School. So those are the connections that people notice. So to keep it as simple as possible with connection points, going way back in time, Josephine and Norman Stevens, when they became more familiar with Alice A Bailey, why Alice A Bailey was alive, both of them would have already been very familiar with Dwellkul's teachings, Ascended Master Dwarkle's teachings and Ageless Wisdom teachings. They had their own personal and soul connection to those teachings already. So when they ended up having connection then with Alice A Bailey while she was alive, Josephine Stevens was actually Alice A Bailey's personal secretary for a number of years and actually helped Alice A. Bailey compile two of the Bailey books and supported the Arcane School in the Arcane School's early development. And then, of course, the Arcane School is connected to Lucius Trust, and Norman Stevens was the one of the directors, one of the headquartered directors of Lucius Trust for seven years. So... While they're deeply, deeply involved in Aegis wisdom teachings, and in particular the telepathically imparted teachings of Ascended Master Dwell Kul, the Bailey books that you mentioned earlier as well, they were telepathically dictated to Alice A. Bailey by Ascended Master Dwell Kul. So they're not normal books. They came from a very high calibre Ascended Master and they were telepathically dictated to her which is 22 of the 24 books were were transcribed that way. So where Josephine and Norman Stevens continue that journey is as they're helping with the early days of the Arcane School and everything else in between, with all of the writings that were coming through Alice A. Bailey and all of the references to the Central Channel, the Antichorana, Auric Field Conditions, progression of growth and evolution, they had the inspiration. Could we develop a technique, a meditation technique, that would clear all internal and external distortions in the auric field in one lifetime? In other words, could we develop a safe, healthy, balanced technique in a do-it-yourself format to give incarnating children of light a way to do it themselves, clear all karmic imbalance in one lifetime. So that led them in the 1960s to start with very private, very closed prototype groups where they were very selective with students in the early days and who received the teachings of their prototype group to test it properly for them. So they were very selective, but they did have a lot of different prototype groups for testing what became known as Rainbow Bridge Phase 1. And Rainbow Bridge Phase 1 was tested for 10 years in these very private closed groups before it was publicly released. And Phase 1 through that 10-year testing period was a, what would be the trial and error, that's the right word, trial and error of what techniques would properly clear and widen the central vertical channel properly because of all of the ancient wisdom knowledge they had as well as all of the ancient wisdom knowledge coming from ascended master dwell call through alice a. bailey they knew inherently that before undertaking any other type of spiritual work that incarnating children of light which we all all are should be given a technique for properly clearing and widening the central vertical channel that runs through the body in particular the main area is between the soul star down to the earth star but of course there are chakras that do connect with that main bridge that main antikorana as well and then it was very important to have that cleared and widened before undertaking other deeper work for clearing remaining karmic imbalance and what's interesting with the cycle of the phase one Rainbow Bridge prototype groups. And actually, I did have I knew there was a very um, important quote just to mention from their first book that they released at the same time as phase one was publicly released. But it's a beautiful quote about cycles. And this also would highlight what you were mentioning earlier about the connection points between the Bailey books, Rainbow Bridge techniques, other connected spiritual teachings and writings, meaning, here we go, it may be helpful to many students if some explanation of the creative process by which hierarchy inaugurates new teaching, in this case, the teachings for the New Age. There is much speculation on this matter and many claims are made purporting to be the fountainhead of the New Age. But the keys to understanding when and how such teaching is given are, White definite in the Tibetan's books, meaning Ascended Master Duao First, as to the time factor, the principal contributions to the teachings are made at 50 year intervals, meaning hierarchy. Deliberately give humanity through different channels here on Earth teachings in 50 year cycles. So the first main 50 year cycle would have been in 1875. The next 50-year cycle was in 1925, and the next one that directly relates to our time period was 1975, and our next one is going to be in 2025. And that's why there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen in 2025. That's what's being spoken about, the 50-year intervals of hierarchy through different channels down here on Earth releasing certain information that helps to propel evolution forward, if you will. So in particular, with the 1975 releases, that coincided with the Rainbow Bridge phase one techniques being publicly released. So that's where Rainbow Bridge would tie in with being one piece of just one of the many releases for helping evolution to move in a healthier direction for everyone here on Earth, the whole of humanity. And coming to the Bailey books, and once again, the Rainbow Bridge-Bailey book connections, because the Bailey books, the Rainbow Bridge techniques, were based on everything in the Bailey books. The reasons for the Rainbow Bridge techniques, the causation of the Rainbow Bridge techniques, all based on the Bailey books. And in 1975, and I have trouble pronouncing her name, Boblaski, Helena Boblaski, with the Tibetan master meaning Ascended Master Dwarkul. That was where the secret doctrine was given. And then in 1925, the Tibetan master, Ascended Master Dwarkul, he prophesized that through Bailey, uh, he would give the keys to the secret doctrine as well as many other revelations. So that's how it all ties in, that 1975 50-year cycle. That was blafsky and all of those greats and the information that came through them. Then in 1925, you had the Bailey teachings and descended Master Master Dwellcull coming through more strongly through Bailey, and then where Rainbow Bridge would tie in. And once again, just one piece of the many releases, Rainbow Bridge tied in with the 1975 releases. So we're due another round of expanded releases coming into 2025
1: so it's that's, interesting that's exciting it? yeah it's exciting it? time to be alive and why i really wanted to have you on our podcast right now so that more people could have exposure to these teachings and to these practices i know that not everybody knows when you mention hierarchy who you're referring to and i know that word there's different language that was used back in the day that now might be triggering for some people. When they hear hierarchy, they think there's like power structure of someone having power over us. Maybe if you could give a simple explanation to people what who you're referring to in hierarchy.
2: Definitely one very simple way of explaining hierarchy would be ascended masters, ascended students, ascending ascended beings in heaven that would meditate on us so, once again, there wouldn't so much be a power structure as we would understand it here on earth, hierarchy here on earth. The minute you say hierarchical structure, as a human, people think of, you know, the CEO power structures and things of that nature. In heaven, hierarchy is far more overlapped and interwoven. There isn't big breaks and separatism because that's what heaven is. Heaven is a Blending of light, a blending of consciousness. So there would be students, disciples, and ascended masters, and light beings, and everything in between in hierarchy, co- coexisting within a much more unified stream of consciousness. And they meditate on us. We are their meditation, meaning they meditate on us evolving. They meditate on us being able to express unity better. They meditate on us being able to receive the inspirations we need individually and collectively to harmonise, unify, and in all ways. Quite often when you start talking about unity and harmony, that does include personal life as well. Hierarchy would be very well aware that individual life and individual experiences matter just as much as our service in the so-called external world so it is all one so that would be my best explanation of hierarchy beings all one in that sea of consciousness in heaven meditating on us being able to be the best that we can be for ourselves and for each other which is a lighter way of explaining evolution.
1: So many of us, like you said, as the children of light, and we're here to create a better planet to support a shift in transformation that's happening here on earth and beyond in the cosmos. But also I always like to make it really practical, right? Like you said, because we're also having this human experience as well. And it is a really amazing practice for helping the collective and our mission to help the collective. But it's also a really practical Technique that can help each person in their personal life. If you would like to talk about maybe some of the benefits of doing these practices for people in their personal lives, of
2: course. Coming back to phase one of the techniques, as well as building and widening the channel, enabling someone to really embody being a channel of light on a practical, personal level, when you clear and widen the central vertical channel properly. It helps with internal functioning, meaning internally how you think, internally how you process thought, internally how you perceive. So just to explain that a bit more deeply, how it really helps even just on a personal level. When the central channel is cleared and widened properly, it enables the chakras, especially the Well, a lot of people know about the seven main traditional chakras. It enables those chakras in particular to sit into the body properly where they should be. So once there is no debris in the channel between the chakras and the chakras aligned better in the body, as you can imagine, just on an internal level, it helps with really good internal function. On a personal level, just receiving clearer inspiration, being able to process thought better and clearer internally, being able to feel more grounded and connected to yourself and the planet you're on. Another way of describing the benefits of this Rainbow Bridge Phase 1 would be inner core healing. That's another way of describing it, healing your inner core. Because just describing the channel a bit more, the central channel I'm referring to is like a cable cord that runs through the body, just in front of the spine from soul star to earth star in particular. So that is the main cable cord of communication between our major chakras as well. So as you can imagine, if that cable cord has blockages or impediments in it, that's going to inhibit healthy function not only between the main chakras but just our internal world as well in how we think and perceive and ground our own energies. So with those types of blockages out of the central vertical channel just on a normal daily basis, it gives someone a better internal backbone, if you will, to work and function from. And gives someone a nice wide clear channel to function from just in daily life just managing everyday stresses better being able to hold your own point of focus better no matter what you are or are not doing there's so many just personal benefits to clearing the central vertical channel before even discussing the more spiritual
1: ones yeah for myself So first of all, like I was saying before about not being somebody who had been very disciplined, like even since I've been on the spiritual journey and I meditate a lot, but you know, some people have a meditation discipline, but I always just meditated because it feels good. (laughs) I like to do it. And so I didn't feel like it was a discipline, but then with the rainbow bridge technique, it's really helped me to become more disciplined in my spiritual practice because that first Phase 1A, you need to be consistent with it. You can't do it for a while and then stop or whatever because it will kind of ruin the point of doing it. So it pushed me where sometimes my life is really busy and at the end of the day, I'm just exhausted. And normally I'd be like, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. But it's like, no, I need to do it today. I don't know, something what you're saying about the channel, it's given me a little bit of spiritual backbone. I like that expression because that consistency has let out into my life this stability from my spiritual practice, and then broadly looking. Of course, we always have these different astrological cosmic transits. But recently, in March, Saturn moved into Pisces. So I keep referring to this in different times on our podcast. But to me, that's a lot about having some routine and discipline to your spiritual practice, and that's a two and a half year, three year transit or whatever. So I think for a lot of people looking for whether it's this rainbow bridge or whether it's something different, but having some kind of consistent practice will really help us in these times that are very destabilizing. And challenging,
2: very challenging. Yes.
1: Yeah. And having some kind of practice that we stick to that also begins to help our energy to get clear and stable. Just for this first part, like you're saying, but then the second part of the rainbow bridge technique, which is starting to clear out I think what you call maybe distortions, or maybe for other people, just thinking of clearing out some karma, right? We come into each lifetime, we're here to learn and grow and evolve in certain ways. And we also bring, just to use really simple terms, baggage, right? We bring some baggage into this life that I've come to work through. And we're very slowly working through that baggage, because it's in our energy field. And we're naturally magnetizing people and experiences that will (laughs) trigger this baggage for us to see and work through. And it's a very slow process. And something that I really appreciate about the Rainbow Bridge technique is it's a focused, intentional way to clear some of that baggage. What I've found just even in the past year Very specifically, I can think of a certain person that I met that my soul knows when we met, we just kind of had like a big, big collision because our energies were both so intense. And then this person popped out of my life, then recently has come back into my life. And I'm finding that I'm not as triggered anymore, that it's easier to stay in connection with this person now because of some of this clearing that I've done. So it's a very obvious to me in my life. I can see it very practically even about how often, and particularly people like me that are maybe more emotionally driven, how we can get easily triggered by things or pick up things energetically. And by clearing some of this baggage, it really helps us to be more conscious choice makers in our life versus the actors.
2: That's beautifully put. That is, that's beautifully put. And with what you're sharing, One way of describing what you're talking about is exactly what Rainbow Bridge aims to do is to bridge gaps, not only bridge gaps in consciousness, but bridge gaps where we're not whole within ourselves. Because like that, just coming to the channel, and then I will talk about the external distortions. Another name for external distortions would be wounds. You'd hear the amazing Carolyn Mice, talk about wounds and woundology. So another way of describing what I would call external distortions would be wounds, the wounds that we're carrying, the areas where we're not feeling whole. So Rainbow Bridge, the reason why the Phase 1 technique is so precise and so practical, meaning when you're first looking on the soul oneorg website and just looking at the steps, a lot of people are surprised over the precision and simplicity of the technique, meaning it's not coming at you with a lot of unnecessary imagery. It's a practice for just simply focusing on your soul star, working with very precise prayers, and the visualisation of the soul star starting to clear the channel in stages. And as the late Josephine and Norman Stevens stated, their technique is focused on technique, not on Piscean imagery, as it's sometimes called. It just purely took all of that out, and it was experiments in meditation on zoning in on precisely what would work for methodically and safely clearing the vehicles and stages. So when you're working with the triangularization process of the soul star through the channel, you're bridging gaps internally where clogging in the channel that's also not allowing the chakras to sit into place properly. That's the other undesirable effect of clogging. You are in safe, healthy, digestible stages, bridging those gaps in the channel because of the clogging. And then once those gaps in clogging are cleared appropriately and the channel widened, it then enables one to then work with the rainbow bridge phase two techniques successfully by then Bridging gaps in the auric field caused by wounds, caused by complexes, because to clairvoyant in a vision, those complexes, those wounds look like branched distortions in the auric field. Some adhering to the surface of the skin, some of them just in the etheric body, some branch into the astral body and mental body as well but those are what a lot of people would term wounds. Some of those wounds are more physical distortions as in our perceptions of ourselves physically. Some of those distortions are emotional wounds, emotional wounds about how we feel about ourselves or certain things we witness or certain things that are said to us. Some of those wounds or distortions are mental, meaning it causes gaps in our awareness, gaps in our consciousness that prevent us from feeling whole just as an individual. So the beauty of the Rainbow Bridge Techniques is as you safely and methodically clear and resolve those gaps, it harmonises your internal and personal world and at the same time by default then helps you to Harmonize better with the outer environment and other people, no matter what other techniques other people are or are not using. Meaning, the more wholeness and unity that is within you internally and on physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels, the more you can manifest and bring that into your activities and your connections. With others. So even if one person within a dynamic happening is more whole, someone can then bring that wholeness into what's happening with that interaction with the other person or persons. And that is actually what is meant by one of the precipitations of the Aquarian age we are in. The Aquarian age we are now in and that is going to impact us for the next 2,000 years. So we are out of the Piscean era of the last between two to 3,000 years. We have now just come into the Aquarian age, and the Aquarian age is going to impact us collectively for the next 2,000 years. And the Aquarian age is about group unity. The group can only be as whole as the individuals within that group. So that's why Josephine and Norman Stevens stated over and over and over again that this technique was to assist. At that time, it was still the dawning Aquarian Age. And the Aquarian Age is about anchoring heaven on earth, which means the more internal light you're carrying, meaning the more whole you are internally, the more you can precipitate that light with less resistance yourself and also then harmonise with others because the Aquarian age is about group work. The Aquarian age is going to start breaking down our human hierarchical structures. So where through miscreations in the Piscean era, over even though it started well before the Piscean era, But part of the Aquarian age is about slowly and patiently breaking down really harmful, toxic, hierarchical structures within what we're experiencing as humans here on Earth, breaking that down to allow for more group harmonisation, meaning in the Aquarian age, no above leader, everyone working as one. So as we heal and clear our vehicles effectively, that is what will help to break down these toxic hierarchical structures that we're all aware of, whether it's through the banking system or different organisations, different government institutions. What breaks that down is when we are collectively more whole, working as a unified group with no leader, because then those structures won't be needed. So that's the transition period that's happening over the next 2,000 years, and we do need to have patience with it, (laughs) definitely. That's why that's saying is, you know, patience is a virtue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So while a lot of us can be there going, can we not just create these communities that we all know we need? Can we all just not get it together And just create these unified equality communities that we all know we need in all these different departments. What's happening? There is that idea. There is that precipitated idea of the Aquarian age we are in. But individually and collectively, we need to dig deep with healing our internal and external woundings to allow that precipitate more so that can manifest more on the physical plane. So those are the connection points happening. And by the grace of God, we have 2,000 years to do it. (laughs) Because when you look at it as a whole, when you look at it as a whole, it's there. The seeds of it are there. There has been some physical anchorage of those more equal unified groups we're talking about. But when you look at it from a wider point of view, you can see where we will need the next 2,000 years of the Aquarian age to keep gently Anchoring it, precipitating it, anchoring it, precipitating it in little mini cycles over the next 2,000 years. So coming back to where Rainbow Bridge fits in with that, this technique was deliberately to help make the needed changes in our vehicles to not only heal gaps in our own consciousness gaps in our own harmonization with ourselves emotionally and mentally but as we do that internally and externally that manifesting more down here in our actions words and deeds how we're able to connect with each other and hold those connections so from where dense form needs to heal to formlessness in a practical sense, because that's another way of describing the distortions I'm talking about. Those internal distortions in particular have dense form, dense physical form from wounded perceptions, dense physical form for where the emotional body isn't whole and wounded, same for mental. So as the Rainbow Bridge techniques lighten that form, by breaking down those distortions as within so without so from form to formlessness and more equality and unity internally and externally and that is the externalization of hierarchy the externalization of light bringing heaven down to earth if you, if you will on a pra- in a practical sense
0: yeah that's very well said so if someone wants to do these practices if they want to practice the rainbow bridge techniques what do they do do they take a course or how does it work
2: of course coming back to the website that tiana mentioned the www.soul1.org website that is the website of dr ronald tiggle who was a direct student of Norman Stevens. And on that website, you can access all of the phase one and phase two rainbow bridge techniques for free because that was always the intention of the founders that all of the incarnating children of light, which we all are, could have access to such powerful Aquarian age techniques for free. And that is also why, Well, only one of the reasons, but that's one of the reasons why they were given in a do-it-yourself format. In their prototype groups, students were given instruction, but in a do-it-yourself format. Josephine and Norman Stevens would clairvoyantly monitor students to make sure they were getting the desired results. But they're given in a do-it-yourself format to once again put the power to heal back in your own hands to that high level. So you can work off the techniques off that website for free. You complete phase one first, and that can take a few weeks, if not a few months. It usually takes around for all of phase 1A and phase 1B. That can take around. So that's just working on widening widening and clearing the channel. That can take around three to four months. And then after that, you can start phase two. So all of phase one and phase two, as well as, as well as a lot of other related material are available for free on the solar1.org website. But if somebody does want to have a class for a small fee, I do give classes. So for the classes that I give, people receive a student manual. The classes are recorded for students as well, and I would give group instruction. Coming to the Aquarian age edge of these classes, I give that's why I give classes in small groups to keep it very Aquarian and Aquarian age in small groups. And the other reason is, as we all know, evolution happens in groups. So those are the two options. You can either access the techniques completely for free through that website or for a small energy exchange fee. I do give in depth rainbow bridge classes in rainbow bridge phase one, rainbow bridge phase two, and the advanced monadic thread techniques as well, which are known as phase three of the rainbow bridge techniques.
1: I can't recommend enough that you take Chloe's class, for people who have no means, it's nice that it's available for free, but it really, really helps to have someone that you can ask questions and who can explain more, or just to even have the accountability, I feel like, because there were classes split <laughs> up and, and yes. two were three classes. And to know that you're coming back to the next class, it pushes you forward to be consistent yes. with it, which is really helpful for a practice like this, that you do need a certain amount of discipline to keep going with it. So I would really recommend that to people. What I like about this practice is that it it has been so tested, both the Stevens they were very clairvoyant, just like Chloe. Like she said, these prototype groups—they would try something, a method, and have people practice it. And they'd come back and they'd look at their energy and see if it's actually working and clearing. I think it would be so cool if all of us had our clairvoyant site activated. If we could see all of this, just imagine—you have all of this dirt on you, right? We have this energetic dirt, and we don't see it, and we're just going around. But oh, if we could actually see that, we'd be like, oh my gosh, I need to take a shower. Right? Yeah. We would be like, oh, I need to do this practice to clear that out, having people who can clearly see that and be able to check in with that is really helpful. And for me, like I said, even though I'm not clairvoyant, I can feel it. So for me, the clear yes. sentence, I, when I started to do this practice very consistently, I can really, really feel it. And I've had a couple of other practitioners that I went to for some healing. One was this angelic healer. And just the way that the timing and the scheduling worked out, I had a session with him right after one of our Rainbow Bridge classes. Oh, wow. And he was like, wow, what's going on? Your energy field is huge. And I like, I've never Fantastic. seen this. And I was like, oh, I just did this Rainbow Bridge class. I was like, you need to check out this Rainbow Bridge class. But I had that happen more than one time too. One of the tools that they have you do is called the spiritual vortex. And I would love in a moment... Chloe, for you to explain what the spiritual vortex is, you're going to explain it better than I do, but it's a technique t- to clear some of this stuff out. I had gone to this other healer for something else and she was working on me and then she went and, I don't know, restroom break or something. I just called the vortex to maybe clear whatever she had brought up. And she came back in there room and she goes, oh, it's all funneling down now. I can see. I was thinking, oh, she can tune into the vortex as well. I just think it's really neat when you work with people that are more sensitive that they can sense and see and feel these practices that we're doing. What would you like to say about the spiritual vortex?
2: The spiritual vortex and I would validate what the Stevenson's tested like that when the Stevens were working with their prototype test groups, they wanted to make sure that considering they were always going to release the techniques for free They were making sure that they could release the do-it-yourself techniques in a way where whoever was connecting with them would get the same results and benefits as long as the steps were followed. So through trial and error, they found that the spiritual vortex was the best tool to give students for purifying their auric field for two reasons. Proper use of the spiritual vortex helps to funnel and vacuum out, if you will, any low-grade energies you pick up from the environment, any unhealthy imprints you might pick up from other people, something that's gotten churned in yourself or anything in between. It's a very good tool for not only sweeping those types of undesirable energies out of the auric field, but it's an effective tool that's used after working with the soul star. For clearing the vehicles to make sure no debris remains once you've done your rainbow bridge clearing work which is very very important so the spiritual vortex when it's involved if you're going to use it as a technique outside of your rainbow bridge work it's recommended to say the soul mantra prayer first And then the invocation and the wisdom of the soul, I invoke the spiritual vortex of light and then either 30 feet above you or in the heavens above you to see, feel, know and sense that a beautiful funnel of white light is forming full of clearing energies, very high frequency funnel of light forming in heaven. Sometimes with silver droplets as well to help heal and soothe the emotional body to make that funnel nice and large. And then, as the spiritual vortex descends down towards you through your body and your aura, you don't make it teeny tiny for just going through the body. Nice wide vortex to include the body and auric field, feeling, seeing, and sensing that vortex sweeping down through your body and auric field, literally Mm -hmm. vacuuming out anywhere where you feel flat, Mm -hmm. vacuuming out if you're feeling heavy, Mm -hmm. vacuuming out if you feel you've picked up something from the environment or if you felt agitated after being in a certain environment or around a certain person, the vortex, vacuuming all of that out vertically down through the body and the auric field and then as the vortex exits out through the bottom of the feet to continue to sense and see the vortex with all gathered debris going deep down into the heart of the earth where the heat at the core of the earth transmutes and recycles those energies and that's a key important point because that energy going down and being transmuted as we all know energy doesn't vanish energy will either transform to a higher octave or a lower octave or stay the same so when you're sweeping out that kind of debris no matter whether it originated in you the environment or something in between bringing that vortex down through you as you're swept clear and sending it deep down into the centre of the earth to be transmuted is a way of healthfully recycling low-grade energy. You're training yourself psychologically and energetically to not hang on to that off-heavy feeling, not hang on to activated agitation, not just sit there feeling like there's a heavy cloud over you, you're training yourself to go, OK, there's something off in my field, no matter what the origin and go, OK, soul mantra prayer, invoke the spiritual vortex and like that it's good to do about three or four vortices, whatever you may feel may be appropriate. Some people time themselves for about three to five minutes, maybe a bit longer, doing vortex after vortex down through them. But sweeping out that low-grade energy, and that low-grade energy being transformed and recycled. So what's bothering you? Sweeping it out, sending it down to be transformed. And it teaches you to not hold on to it, nor are you chucking it back out randomly into the environment, which is a good thing. (laughs) A powerful tool, a powerful meditation for more than one reason.
1: Can you explain the soul mantra? Because I think there's people that probably are not familiar with that. I was thinking that the soul mantra and the spiritual vortex, even if people don't do the effort to learn the rainbow bridge technique they could employ these two things and can really help people
2: exactly like that that's one of the things i love about the rainbow bridge techniques because there are parts of it you can just take out for solo use meaning exactly what we're discussing the spiritual vortex with the soul mantra if someone just took that away from the Rainbow Bridge techniques, can you imagine if someone on a daily basis just said the soul mantra and used the spiritual vortex anytime they felt agitated or flat? It just helps to lift things and coming to the power of the soul mantra prayer. And the reason why you would say the soul mantra first before the spiritual whirlwind or vortex invocation is because Josephine and Norman Stevens witnessed, and I would back them up on this as well that the soul mantra helps to activate and develop your soul star chakra, which is an energy center about six inches above your own head. And one way of describing what the soul star chakra is, it's a portion of spirit put down into matter, an etheric symbol of spirit put down into matter. That's one way of describing what the soul star chakra is. And when the soul mantra is sounded, and it is a very ancient prayer, it activates the soul star and helps to bridge the gap in consciousness between personality and soul. So that first line, I am the soul, activates the soul star and causes what I would see as white gold energy pouring down from the soul star, down through the body, flowing out into the auric field. And that imprints the soul intention for there to be more union between the higher and lower self. The next line, I am the light divine, causes a stream of rainbow energy, to pour down from the heart of the soul star, down through the body, blowing into the auric field, and that helps to lighten your energies. I am the light divine. You're not invoking physical candlelight. You're invoking spiritual light. I am the light divine. So that energy streaming forth with that rainbow energy, starts the process of lightening the bodies. The next line, I am love causes rose pink energy to pour down from the heart of the soul star down through the body, blowing into the auric field, bringing forth all of those love qualities we're seeking, the goodwill, the support, I am love, the higher octave of love, bringing forth those qualities from soul into matter. The next line, I am will, causes the frequency bandwidths of indigo, white, red, and royal purple to stream forth from the soul star chakra down through the body. Radiating in to the auric field. And it helps to heal the connection between higher and lower will. Because I meet a lot of people that, through some older spiritual teachings or when they're trying to understand spirituality in different ways, believe that the personal self and personal will is a hindrance. It's not. You don't need to push your personality out of the way to do it right, so to speak. It's a unified effort between higher and lower will to unify and cooperate to get things done. So on a personal level, if you believe you've got to shove yourself in the background because you're a problem, then that's showing where there is a wound, where there is a gap somewhere that needs to heal because Higher will needs you to want to cooperate fully with what you're doing for deeper cycles of unity to be expressed. So your personal will is just as important as higher will. It's not about higher will over lower will. It's about healing the gap between the two. You need to be present. Part of being enlightened is being present. So you need to be present with the activity of precipitating higher will, as it's called. So I am will, healing the unity between higher and lower will consciously. The final line, I am fixed design, causes the sensitive chakra points, in particular along the spine, to flash up white. So it nearly looks like traffic lights when I'm watching someone say, I am fixed design, one by one, although everyone sees slightly differently when it comes to inner vision. White, 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 flashing up like traffic lights down the centers along the spine, or at least that's where they should be if they're aligned properly, if there's no distortions causing hindrance to the chakras sitting in place. But I am fixed design relates to you being able to express your soul purposes. I am fixed design. You are calling in the soul's plan as one with you. And we all have multiple purposes. That's what I also like to stress to people. Sometimes when people are trying to understand what's my purpose, what's my part of the plan, what am I here to do, you are here for multiple reasons, multiple reasons. So when you're affirming I am fixed design, you are asking, the reason white is because white is a clearing colour. You're asking for your purposes to express through you more clearly. Whether it's with a friend, a family member, your career, your service, your children, a stranger, we have multiple purposes happening simultaneously and they're all just as valid and important. So I am fixed design, your purposes shining through you, being able to be expressed through you. So a powerful prayer. And once those five lines of the soul mantra are sounded, it causes deeper soul and personality fusion and really helps with anything you precipitate after you say that prayer, meaning you can say the soul mantra before writing something if you're a writer. You can say the soul mantra before meeting someone for a difficult conversation because Our deepest growths are sometimes through having difficult conversations where we can understand each other better. So you can say the soul mantra before knowing you're going to have a difficult conversation with somebody. You can say the soul mantra before giving a presentation if you work in the corporate world. It's so many reasons and ways. You can say the soul mantra before any meditation. You can say the soul mantra before any, any activity that helps with evolution. And what I mean by that, my way of explaining that would be an activity that assists evolution is anything that's helping the light to get in, whether it's through something you write, whether it's through a presentation you're giving, whether it's a conversation you're about to have with somebody. Anchoring evolution is about anything that lets a little more lighting but the reason why it's recommended to say it before the spiritual vortex is because it makes the spiritual vortex more effective if the soul mantra prayer is said first because it heightens the effectiveness of the spiritual vortex so if someone just took away that the soul mantra and the spiritual vortex wow wow did that on a daily basis
1: yeah what i like about these practices is just try it out and see if somebody were just willing to try do the soul mantra and the vortex daily for a few months and see how you feel after a few months it will show you its effectiveness. It's very, like you said, methodical and scientific in the way that they were developed. And when you put them in practice, whether you can see that like you can, Chloe, or whether you can feel it like I can, you will experience a shift.
2: And what's beautiful about that is I'd love to come back to what you're saying over different extended
1: perceptions,
2: uh, because like that we're talking about Clairvoyance, which is an extension of physical sight. It's an extrasensory organ that's a natural extension of physical sight. We're talking about clairsentience, or sometimes people call that being an empath as well, which is an extension of normal feeling of that sense organ. But what's beautiful about the rainbow bridge techniques, no matter what dominant extrasensory gift you have, As you work through your clearing process, it heightens that extra sensory gift to be just as effective as what I would call atypical clairvoyance. While I fully appreciate that seeing is believing, (laughs) when you're working with the Rainbow Bridge techniques, for instance, if you are clairsentient, as the vehicles start to heal and clear, you would feel what I'm seeing. In other words, coming back to wounds and what I would call karmic imbalance, but where wounds are in the external auric field. If someone's clercognant, meaning a knower, or clairsentient, a feeler, how you would sense what I would see is about noticing how you feel in certain situations or backtracking if you can find a common thread in situations that would push your buttons so a click could very easily decipher where their wounds are by sitting down and taking some time out to think about okay are there certain types of people that push my buttons and what is the common thread with those people and what is the common thread of how they push my buttons. That's also more important. Sometimes we can get very caught up in the blame game with the external environment. But the, the key being missed there is, yes, number one, you never tolerate what I call nonsense or abusive behaviour from other people. But if you can find a common thread for how they activate you, there is a key to where the wound is. That is driving you batty trying to deal with people like that so rather than just focusing on what is a particular type of person or something someone would say or do that pushes my buttons what's the button being pushed that's where your power lies is in working out where the button is that's being pushed because if you can discover that and find a way to heal that, and the rainbow bridge techniques are flawless at that, but it's a gradual patient process. When that wound is then healed, it prevents you from getting deeply entangled into constant overwhelm and activation in embroiling situations with people like that. When you've resolved the button that's getting pushed It frees your perceptions and your activities and your choices. So that's also coming back to you can know where your wounds are by taking time to sit down and go, okay, what pushes my buttons and what are those buttons? Those are the wounds I would see in the auric field or someone who feels. Where do you feel there's heaviness in the body? Where do you feel tightness and those kind of somatic reactions starting when you're in certain situations? So those buttons are the wounds, the karmic imbalance that I would see. You can know them. You can feel them. And, yes, clairvoyantly, they can be seen. But no matter where the extrasensory gift is, as you heal and clear the vehicles, it becomes clearer to you where you are still healing. And that then helps to give you more impulse to then continue the journey when you can decipher better what's happening and where you are healing and how the healing process you're undertaking is helping to harmonize your life better.
0: Wow, this has been a really, really Great conversation. Lots, tons of information there. Like I'm going to have to go back and listen to this episode a couple of times, I think. And I'm sure we could talk to you another two hours about this stuff, but it's been (laughs) awesome. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk with us. We really, really appreciate it. Can you just let everybody know where they can find more about you and your services and your courses?
2: Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you. Yes, I would like to mention that if you did want to contact me directly, I do have a website, it's www.chloefolin.com, and there is a contact form where you can email me through my website. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me, is through my website. On my website as well, I do have the Facebook and Instagram buttons on the home page of my website. If you did want to have a look at any of my connected social media pages. But through my website is the easiest way to contact me if someone had any questions or wanted to have a look on my website or social media channels over any other content that I discuss or talk about. And may I say as well, Tim, I would love to thank you as well for the opportunity to speak on yours and Tiana's podcast. It's been absolutely fantastic to be able to discuss the Rainbow Bridge techniques. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah. Thanks again.
1: Yeah, thanks, Chloe. It was so great to have you. And I would just also tell people to check out her YouTube channel because she has really good explanations and more in-depth. And also on her website as well, there's information about building the Rainbow Bridge. So depending on if you like video or if it's easier for you to read stuff, she has a lot of information that goes more in-depth because obviously we only have so much time here, but there's a lot of information that she's already put out that will help you to understand more. Thanks so much, Chloe.
2: Thank you, Tiana, thank you so much. Thank you to you both. May I just give one quote before I log off, and it will only take a minute. It's just a lovely quote, and this is from the Stevenson's first book, Building the Rainbow Bridge Phase One, and it's a lovely quote just on the actual bridge. So I'll keep it brief, but it's a beautiful quote. The Rainbow Bridge has many definitions and interpretations, both objective and subjective. It will seem to many only a poetic line dealing with ideas and images of great familiarity on any path or road a bridge spans something which interrupts its use and the bridge becomes a part of the way so that's another way of explaining the rainbow bridge techniques creating a bridge for what's creating gap in consciousness or emotional and mental understandings internally and externally building bridges
1: yeah so much it's beautiful (sighs) thank you
2: thank you for having me thank you very much
0: thanks again chloe you have a great rest of your day
2: namaste wishing you both well thank you
0: namaste thank you for listening to this episode of beyond the illusion I'd like to say thank you very much to Chloe for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her gifts and knowledge with us. To find out more about Chloe and her services, you can find her at chloefolan.com. That's C-H-L-O-E-F-O-L-A-N.com. Thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. This really does help other people find us. Thank you and take care.